It is time for this week in location-based marketing. On today's show, we look at iOS Maps, Yelp integration, and what that means. We look at Facebook's friends nearby, Folly, Yammer winning the Microsoft lottery. What the what? And are smartphones really helping in-store sales? All this, plus our usual M&A and funding news, and our special guest, Holger Ludorf of Foursquare Talks, Find versus Search. Can you say packed show? Welcome, everybody. This is episode number 84 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Asif, happy Canada Day to you, buddy. I know. Thanks, Rob. Uh, you've already had some fireworks, as we uh, alluded to today. But, uh, yeah, it's Canada Day. It's my mom's birthday. So, if mom, if you're listening, happy birthday. There you go. Um, Only our moms listen to this anyways, Asif, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's like, you know, 50% of our audience right there. 50%. Because I listen to it, <laughs> you listen to it, and it's exactly right. Um, I force my kids to listen oh. to it as well. Yeah, you alluded oh. to it, fireworks. I don't know what it is with this show. You know, I think midway, about 40 episodes ago, uh, my the bathroom that is behind me in the office exploded while we were on air. It's one of the funniest things ever. And then uh, as we're getting set to do this, uh, bright and early on Sunday morning right now in Canada Day, um, uh, my back porch got on fire. So I don't know what it is. I've had floods <laughs> and fire. I don't know what it is about uh, location-based marketing. Maybe, the, you know, it's the gods conspiring against us to get this episode done. But uh, fire is out. Yeah. Fire trucks are gone. My kids are both shaken and stirred. And uh, we are persevering. What a morning. Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. Yes. Yeah. So the week that was, I'm obviously Rob Woodbridge of Untether.tv. If you don't know, just go there and you'll find a whole bunch of resources around um, mobile, in-depth interviews and insight from around the mobile universe. And uh, with me, as always, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, two weeks in a row, man. Yeah, I know. Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Great to be here. Uh, the resource for all things location-based. And uh we got lots to talk about today again. So, uh, yeah, there's, all, there's always a packed show, it seems. There is. So. And I don't think we have anything to push, right? Untethered uh, Talks is done. Um, it's getting into the summer uh, summer time frame. Everybody's going away for vacation. So we, should we just jump right into this? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's get right into the story. Well, we do. We have this. We have five stories. We have uh, obviously we have our guest, which is Holger, uh, and we also have uh, a resource of the week, and we have some funding and M and A news, and we might as well just jump right into the. I, I, this is like I call this like the news fuse or the top five stories this week that showcase the breadth of location-based marketing uh, that's going on around the world. And of course, Asif does his best and always does a great job of bringing in not only North American perspective, but worldwide perspective as well. And that's what we've got here. Our first story comes from a company that we've talked about quite a bit, Placecast. Like, are they moving into, are they trying to compete with uh, with Apple in this, Asif? Uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I mean, I think... Um you know what? What they've announced this week is is their own wallet, uh, the Shop Alerts wallet. Um, and uh, the interesting thing about it is, is that this is a web-based uh, wallet uh, service. So it's uh, HTML5 based, white label, uh, able service. Um, so it sort of stays in line with PlaceCast's model of, you know, we 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 build great location-based and mobile tools. 
uh, for carriers, for uh, merchants uh, to skin and brand and use however they want. So they're not out here saying, you know, here we go, here's another mobile wallet. Uh, we're going to go and try and compete directly with uh, ISIS or Amex or any, any of those guys. They're basically saying, you know, we built a platform, you know, white label it however you want, skin it however you want, here it is. Um, it, we'll see. I mean, I, I think a lot of these carriers are doing their own things, uh, at least the, the kinds of guys that they would be targeting. So, you know, I'm less, um, you know, favorable uh, around this particular offer from them than I am around their, their more traditional uh, offering, which is, you know, their sort of geofencing based, um, you know, SMS based uh, loc location service that O2 is using and AT&T is right. using and right. DR and, and so on that they've done really great job of, of empowering those guys with tools. Um, I've got a video. We'll I've got a video here. See, why don't we like? Uh, it's like a minute long. It just kind of goes over. It's Blair Sweden that is talking about. This is just from yeah. their website. Let me throw it up here, and then we'll come back and uh, have a conversation. Yeah, sure. here he is. Hi, I'm Blair Sweden, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Business Development at Placecast. I'm here today to announce the launch of our new ShopAlerts Wallet. ShopAlerts Wallet is the first turnkey solution for tying mobile location-based offers to mobile payments for consumers. ShopAlert's wallet offers a number of innovative features. Consumers can search for nearby merchants or offers and view those results in a list or on a map. Alternatively, consumers can set their preferences to receive offers via push notifications or SMS based on their location and preferences. Consumers can also save or delete offers from their offer inbox or share those offers via social services like Facebook and Twitter. ShopAlert's wallet also supports integration with third-party services for things like event ticketing, transit, or rewards cards. The future of mobile commerce will be driven by happy consumers and ROI for merchants. ShopAlert's wallet can provide this today. Contact us to learn more. This really doesn't, it doesn't really tell a story um, about why, why they're doing this. I think he did a, no offense, I don't think he did a very good job selling me on, on why why we should be using this um, other than it's a, a natural extension but but I like the white label aspect of this but again I'm with you on the fact that this is not as strong as their offering it might be natural evolution to this but it's not as strong as their initial sure. offering no I mean I, I think as far as sort of evolving your your product set um, you know having a, a mobile wallet yes I mean I I think it makes sense for them you know I, I love placecast these guys are you know for me if you're going to be in this business of location-based deals and offers, you know, uh, empowering others, you know, building a white-label platform, uh, SMS hitting all devices, not just smartphones. You know, I love I love all those aspects of PlaceCast, which is you know why you know I've been a big a big fan for for a long time. Um, so you know, adding a, a wallet, sure. Um, you know, I think it makes sense in terms of evolving the product strategy, as you say, but the um, you know, I, I'm I'm skeptical, I guess, as to whether or not they're going to get how much traction they're going to get around the wallet piece in particular. Just because there's so many other wallets out in the marketplace today, you know, the carriers are all you know playing you know with each other uh, around you know building um, you know uh, consortium plays around this. I highly doubt that you know uh, you know ISIS is all of a sudden going to go and say in the U.S., for example, you know, well we're we're going to use this as well. Not going to happen. 
I don't think it's going to happen. So, and I wonder, anyway. you know, I wonder about uh, non-native, and, and we're going to talk about this as well with the iOS and Yelp integration and what this means for a bunch of other companies. But this non-native piece here, right, where uh, iOS uh, is, is moving into this. So it, it's not so much that they're getting into the wallets, but they're getting into Passport, right, which is a, a place to sure. keep all your stuff. And it doesn't seem yeah. like a, such a stretch to see Apple getting into the wallet space because of integration with iTunes, and they already have your credit card on file, one one click purchasing, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I wonder uh, for non-native, non-embedded, non-default apps like this uh, from PlaceCast, what what's the play here um, when all the operating systems, like Google has its own, like Apple has its own, um, what what this means for these guys uh, who are trying to build out these services right now. Uh, do they lose by default just because when you it's the same thing with browsers when you click on a link it automatically defaults to the default browser which is embedded in the os so uh, th this is i don't know this is what's so exciting about this we don't know what's going to happen but i think that they're at a disadvantage as a result of this yeah i, I mean competing against a native uh, you know native solution in the device is is a hard thing to do right um and um However, I, I think the the way you you go about that, if if you want to play that game, is you got you got to you know you got to work with the big guys. You got to work with right, the carriers. Right. You got to work with the credit card companies. You got to work with the banks, um, and um, you know that's what they're trying to do. So the question is, you know, how many of those guys are they going to be able to convince that you know this is the solution that they should be uh, you know building upon uh, on top of um, and 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 go that direction. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean. Obviously, they've done great with O2 and AT&T on, you know, sort of enabling them with location-based services. Is O2 all of a sudden going to turn around and say, yeah, we're going to use your wallet too? I don't know. Well, it's it's uh, this is what makes it so We're speculating here. There's a trajectory yeah. that we're on, and this is right now everybody's scrambling. Who knows if any of these are going to stick? But I think that the, the combination of location-based deals and what they're doing is as a place, as a way to uh, enable commerce, though, we know that that's where it's going, so why not PlaceCast? Just yep. check them out, placecast.com, and you, you will find everything, placecast.net, sorry, and you'll find them, uh, you'll find a little bit of video and a little bit of detail if you're a consumer, or if you are a merchant looking to get into the space as well, placecast.net. There you go. All right, our second story, oh, get ready for this. <laughs> I love when we do a Groupon story because it's like, what the what? Groupon and Elevate Digital partner in Chicago for two days to do What? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know this is and this is the second time they've done this this partnership. So, what what they've done here is Elevate Digital is a company that does um, kiosks, display systems, um, you know, touchscreen display systems in malls and places like that. So apparently, for the 28th and 29th, just past uh, of, of June, uh, they uh, enabled a bunch of these displays in a thing called Pioneer Court, uh, which is right next to the Tribune Towers, Tribune Media, uh, big media company. And uh, so what they're doing is, is as you kind of pass by these things, you can go up to these kiosks. They've integrated uh, Groupon Now deals, uh, geo-targeted deals inside of them for you know, food, restaurants, entertainment, uh, specials nearby. And uh, they even have Groupon employees running around, you know, physical people uh, you know, on site handing out $5 promotion codes that then drive you to go to the display to, uh, you know, uh, complete a purchase. Um, I don't know, man. This, 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 this seems like really grasping at straws right now. Uh, it seems like 
you know, it, it goes against the whole Groupon model. I mean, we're going to have people out, uh, you know, physical people out in the street handing out coupon codes to drive traffic to a kiosk. Like, <laughs> yeah. It seems so, Sorry. It seems so counterintuitive, right? It's this one. Well, uh, you know the uh, so these I just showed a picture of it. These are physical. These are physical locations. These are like you see it on the screen there. If, if you're watching on video, it is basically a, like a standalone kiosk that is uh, supposed to drive local deals. Um, it, it's kind of crazy that it, that this is happening now. I, I you, you know in a world of of mobile, this is a two day event over Chicago in Chicago, and yeah. uh, th this is this is stunning to me that that this is even a, an option here. Um, seems desperate. Yeah, I, I don't get it. It, it. And apparently, you know, Pioneer Court is a high traffic spot. Very, I mean, very, very. A day, apparently, 60,000 people a day go through there. But you got to think, like, 90% of the people in Chicago going through there are smartphone, you know, people or, you know, can, can do Groupon on the mobile device. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. No, Anyhow. no, and, and it's the Groupon now, so it's local deals, two days. Uh, I yeah. just, it, it's, uh, it's, it's so, it's so odd. But you, you know what? I, I can understand how that there's an appeal for this to drive traffic locally. This is basically as as location based as it gets, right? You're in a perimeter. Um, sure. But it's it's so uh, arbitrary that you make a decision to go. Listen, I'm going to walk up there and decide what I'm going to do. I think most of the people down there are are, are having uh, have already made that decision. Um, and it's so passive, and that's what I don't what I don't like about it. But um, Groupon desperate here to try to do something. Here, here's five bucks. Here's five bucks. Here's five bucks. And I guess everybody has their price. That's all. I got. Yeah. So Groupon working with Elevate Digital. Do a search for Groupon and Elevate Digital. You'll come up with it. You'll see a nice little picture, as you can see here, of the uh, that I had up on the screen of the kiosk, which is so old school. Um, that it just doesn't seem worthwhile uh, to, to do anymore, especially when we're all carrying these devices in North America, pretty much. Should, should we put that story to bed? Yeah, yeah. we're done with that right. one. <clears throat> Moving on, one, one that I actually like. Here we go. iOS Maps. Um, a Apple announced, obviously, iOS version 6. They have uh, two betas out there for developers right now. And one of the key things, aside from deeper integration now, we had Twitter in iOS 5. We're going to have deep integration with Facebook in iOS 6. And in the middle of iOS Maps for iOS 6 is Yelp. This is huge for yeah. Yelp. Being on board, embedded. For Yelp. Yeah. This is this is a lifeline for Yelp. It really is. Um, you know, the, the, I really like this deal uh, for Yelp. I I, I I like it for Apple too. In in some respects, I think this is this is interesting. So Apple's, you know, come out. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and and they've they've dropped Google uh, Maps. They built their own map uh, platform, um, and you know, this latest announcement says that they you know they built some deep integration into the maps with Yelp. So what this means is is that you know, as you're looking at an Apple map uh, in iOS 6, you can see locations, you can see restaurants, bars, businesses on the map um, laid out on there. Uh, and by the way, this is 3D flyover, the whole thing. They've got, they've got all this capability built in there. And you can click on a, on a, uh, on a property on the map and you can check into it uh, via Yelp's check-in capability. So similar to Foursquare in that context or Facebook Places. Uh, but using Yelp's check-in platform, and not only can you check in, you can also obviously get all the recommendations and all the data that Yelp's all that rich data about about those those uh, those places that Yelp has in their database. So I like this. This makes this makes a lot of sense for Apple to go out and say, "Hey, we've got 
you know, really strong mapping capability and strong data, uh, you know, recommendation data tied to that, you know, right off the bat, so to speak, um, you know, as, as we switch from Google uh, to our own. So this is really cool. You know, and the the other aspect of this that uh, that I think is interesting is, um, you know, the uh, the Siri uh, integration that they've built into this. So, what you have is not just I can I see a I see a location on, on the Apple Map. Uh, I can get a Yelp recommendation on. I can check into it. Uh, in addition to that, they've they basically layered you know Siri you know iPhone's voice voice activated piece Siri on top of that. So what does that mean? That means that you can get the uh, the recommendations coming from Yelp via voice as well. And, you know, I, I think that uh, a lot of this is key, right? You don't want uh, I, this version of, uh, of Maps, iMaps, to be uh, empty, right? So Google has a number of years, what, seven years, six years on, on Apple for collecting all that information and partnering and, and uh, having businesses submit their data uh, to Google Maps. So I, I think this makes sense for Yelp. And, uh, you know, I'm... I, I don't know. I got a question. How many people check into Yelp? You know, it's a yeah, weird thing. Yeah, that's a, that is a good question. And, and and the other thing is that we we talked about it earlier, just about PlaceCast and their uh, and their wallet. But uh, what does this mean for a company like Foursquare? We have Holger, uh, who uh, I interviewed before, and we've got another clip from him in this episode. But what does this mean for for companies that are not part of the operating system? And uh, when you've got Yelp. Who is in the recommendation space and the discovery space, especially around uh, you know restaurants and they, they obviously expanding, um, and now they're doing check-ins built into uh, a popular platform like iOS. What does that mean for Foursquare with their 20 million uh, users, where they're not the default app? And will people still? What, what does that do to their growth? And and how unfair? How much of an unfair advantage does this give Apple and the operating system makers like Android, like Google? Um, when they choose a platform, are they choosing a winner and are they choosing a loser at that point? And and uh, so, what, what does Foursquare do at this point when they're not part of the operating system? Well, I, I think that's a great question. I, th I think this is a, a serious threat to uh, to Foursquare at this point. I mean, that's if I'm Foursquare, that's how I'm looking at this. And you know, I'm sure uh, you know uh, you know Holger will be on uh, later uh, talking about you know uh, find and search and and, and all of that, but. Uh, you know, we sh we should uh, we should get them back on. You know, a month from now, after the you know, or, or two months from now, once this all rolls out, yeah. and and kind of hear you know hear hear directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. But it's uh, I think this is really interesting. I think this is a serious threat to Foursquare. I think this is a great move for Apple uh, in terms of filling the you know the data that gaps that they have. Uh, you know, dropping Google and making that switch. Yep. You know, and and this is uh, obviously phenomenal for Yelp. So. You know, uh, what I, the thing that I really like about this is it's a demonstration that you don't have to build it here, that you can partner properly to bring that data in. And, you know, my, my criticism, it's funny that I can criticize a company like Google, and I don't mean it in, in, a, in a bad way, but it's a very competitive landscape now everywhere. And the, the fact that, uh, that Google is doing everything from backpacks with cameras on it to, to doing, you know, to uh, uh, taking pictures of, of, uh, of streets for street view and all this kind of stuff around the mapping stuff is a very costly effort, right? They have to continuously keep it yeah. up to date and businesses go out of business, people move, houses burn down, <laughs> porches burn down. And, and now, now the question is, 
How do they keep maintaining this at a cost to them? And what does Apple do? It's very expensive to do that. And Apple just went out and, and partnered with Yelp, who's who's already doing that, who's already in charge of making sure that they have the right data around the right restaurants with the right reviews. And I think it's a very effective way. Now, a caveat here is that two, three, four years down the road, should Apple still be in a dominant position? Uh, and who knows with the cycle of technology, but sure. in that time frame, my guess is that Apple is going to be building something that will make Yelp obsolete, uh, right? They'll, they'll bring that in-house just like they did with the Maps piece, right? So it's, it's temporary, but maybe this is that piece that really pushes Yelp over the, over the top. It's going to be cool to see. Um, yeah, it will. Yeah. So Yelp partnering with uh, Apple on iOS Maps should be interesting. That'll be out in the fall. Everybody's speculating. We're on version two of the beta of uh, iOS 6. All right, from, from a, a neat story to a, a kind of a WTF, uh, we were sitting at Untailer Talks this week. Uh, big announcement, not a, even a big announcement, but a, um, a you know spread like wildfire that, uh, that Facebook's friends nearby, this little service launched, kind of didn't even launch. It just kind of appeared, and then as quickly as it appeared, it disappeared. Everybody started writing about it, and then they went back, and uh, we were getting broken, uh, broken URLs, broken links. Facebook's friends nearby folly. What happened here? Yeah, I, this one. I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of data on this. No. Uh, you know, the service appeared, it disappeared. You know, Wired uh, magazine interviewed these guys, and uh, they basically said, "Oh, it was just you know some some engineers testing uh, you know testing a, a potential new service. It's not an official product release." Um, you know. This this is one of those things where I you know I think Facebook is uh, you know they're public now right so they gotta they gotta be hyper vigilant on this kind of stuff they can't if if in fact this is a you know a bunch of guys testing something they they can't they can't do it in this way right um, you know it's just too public there's too many people watching you know you're a public company the stock price you know can, can just go up and down you know in a heartbeat uh, based on stuff like this and it's um, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, I think um, functionally, I think this is something that you know Facebook has to do. I mean, it's it's just a basic feature set of you know, it's location one hundred and one almost uh, in terms of you know being able to know where where your friends are. That social discovery aspect that, that uh, you know everybody you know banjo and highlight and all these guys do right. So um, you know, you got it. Yeah, there you go, banjo. Uh, Damien, you were awesome at Untethered Talks, man. <laughs> totally. Anyhow, um, the um, yeah, I mean, you, you just you just gotta have this uh, this capability. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems silly that uh, that they put it out there and pull it back, uh, you know, like that, as opposed to just letting letting the thing be out there if you're gonna put it out there, and 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 you know, having it live for a bit and getting some actual real reaction. It's it's uh, yeah, it seems like a sophomore uh, rookie mistake here, and and uh, certainly not one of uh, of a public company where you can't test like this in a live environment around Facebook, no. especially with what's going on with all of their the issues around privacy that are coming up, and 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 it's going to get much worse before it gets much better. And you yourself said Asif at at Untethered Talks in your stellar presentation that uh, look privacy privacy is no longer doesn't exist anymore. We we just haven't caught up to that fact at this point, and. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder, though, that if, if this is the wrong use of Facebook, I can understand. I guess the idea here is that for friends nearby was that 
it's built on an engine that allows you to that was meant for events um, and I think it's more tailored to something like LinkedIn where it's kind of a periphery of your network who's there let's let's connect with via business I still have a I still hold my Facebook uh, environment as friends friends yeah we have had to have met had a relationship in order for me to be a friend of yours I get a lot of requests from people that I don't know and I don't answer to those go and connect with me on LinkedIn or yes. even on Twitter or in person so this is kind of a, a weird use of this is that um, you know I'm interested in friends nearby I'm interested in, in companies like Banjo uh, helping me find out who I know that's nearby so that I don't miss that opportunity to uh, to connect with them but uh, friends nearby it's an inevitability but I don't know that we're ready for it and I don't think that this is a the right approach for Facebook to take which is basically the, the hacker mentality of trying it out and uh, and then seeing what happens, not not with a public company, not with so much scrutiny on it, not with such concern over its ability to generate revenue in the mobile space. So it's tough. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one. And Rob, if you don't mind, before we, we go to the uh, the last story there, I, I, I just remembered something that I got earlier this week and I wanted to make a quick mention sure. of it. Um, so uh, I don't know. We, we've talked on the show in the past uh, about Forecast, um, and uh, I was a, a big fan and supporter of Forecast, and, and and used that. And I got a note this week. I don't know if you if you got the note as well, Rob, but um, they they basically sent a note out to all the user base that said that they're 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 shutting it down. What? Uh, yep, yeah. And I'll I'll just read it here. Um, uh, just pull up the email. The time has come for Forecast to shut its doors. Starting on July 1st today, our mobile apps and website will not work. Although we're passionate about building great products that help people connect in the real world, we have run out of resources to keep the forecast project afloat. Hmm. We sincerely appreciate you taking the time to try our app. We hope that it brought you some value. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or just want to keep in touch, don't, don't hesitate to email us. And that's from uh, Renee Pinnell uh, and uh, the forecast team. So. You know, uh, I think it. Uh, you know, it's it's a sad note. I think the the, the sort of the potential of forecast, that idea of uh, location intention, um, you know, and and check-ins into where you're going to be in the future, has a lot of merit. Um, and I'm sure someone's going to pick this capability up as a as a functional piece and and, uh, and build it into uh, in, into one of the other product sets. But uh, a sad day. You know, um, I love Renee. Love 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 the forecast product. These guys. Uh, you know, uh, we're we're onto something really cool. So, anyhow, just want to throw that in there. Um, do you think that? Sad to see. Do you think that it had something to do with like a, obviously a revenue model, something like this? Obviously, people weren't paying for this, or there there wasn't anything right. behind it. Uh, you think it's too early? I, I that's my sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's too. I mean, certainly there was no revenue model. Um, you know, but uh, for me. The, the functionality around forecast is really just a uh, it, it's solid in, in its thinking but it but it, it's really just a feature uh, in in an, in you know all the other sort of check-in platforms out there right and, and so you know I think I think Foursquare I think Apple with the Yelp piece I think you know all this stuff could could easily build uh, you know the idea the thinking behind checking into where you're going to be in the future um, you know, which is what forecast did. This sort of idea of you know forecasting your intention around location, um, you know, in, into any of these apps. So I don't know if there was any patents or anything around that or you know, anything along those lines. But 
anyhow, it's sad to see it go. Hope somebody picks it up and uh, and, and bakes it into uh, into their service offering. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm with you on that. Sorry. Well, it's yeah. good. It, good to know that. I mean, this is this is relevant, pertinent news, and uh, there's opportunity in that space and uh, done properly and uh, and done done at the right time frame. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, big fans of forecast. All right, should we finish it off now? Fifth story, yeah. Scotiabank. Here we go. This is a perfect example of, um, you know, the potential, I think, of something like NFC embedded in posters. This is printable NFC chips and posters working in conjunction with, uh, with a phone that is NFC capable and, uh, and, a, and a brand like Scotiabank and uh, Astral Media, which is everywhere, right? Uh, when you look at the, uh, at the ads in, in bus shelters, let's talk about this. This is pretty, it, it's neat, but it's, uh, it's a good test. Yeah, so it's Canada Day. I decided to throw in a good Canadian story here. We got Astral Media, one of the biggest media companies, uh, out-of-home uh, media companies in Canada. Scotiabank, one of the big uh, the big five uh, banks up here. Uh, and, um, yeah, and, and, you know, basically taking transit bus shelter posters, putting NFC chips in them, um, and connecting that to something called the Scotiabank Scene uh, Program, which is the... It's a loyalty program connected to Cineplex uh, Entertainment, Cineplex Media uh, and Entertainment, which is the largest movie theater company in Canada, if you're not from Canada. Um, and, and so basically what's happening is is you can tap these NFC-enabled posters uh, with, with your uh, NFC-enabled phone, and you can enter uh, a mobile-optimized Facebook contest to win free movie passes by, by doing this. You can... Uh, sign up for a Scotia Bank bank account. You can uh, get bonus uh, loyalty points on your scene card. I mean, so there's a bunch of things that they're doing here, all enabled through you know a tap of an NFC uh, poster. You know that Astral's managing, obviously, as an out-of-home media company. Um, and all of these are down in the sort of entertainment district around movie theaters. Um, so they're sort of in proximity to where you might actually use, uh, you know, or be able to redeem uh, what you're what you're collecting here. Yeah, it, it's a it's an early example of some uh, of the power of NFC um, as a as a way not, not really to enable commerce but to enable reward right or to enable location so you know for Scotia Bank it tells you where you can you know what where the nearest Scotia Bank is that kind of stuff which is all pedestrian stuff but I like the idea that you know you're getting rewarded I I never really understood this whole I've seen ads on television here in Canada where it's you know you get uh, you get free movies from Scotiabank. And, and uh, you know, I think that um, it's a disconnect for me there. But as long as they're enhancing that uh, that relationship with Cineplex Odeon, who, I mean, this is a perfect way to do that, especially if it drives traffic and awareness to those uh, to those theaters. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is this is cool. We're going to see much more of this. Uh, you know, we're going to be tapping posters everywhere, especially if the rumors hold true. I think it was, um, uh, I don't know, it's either into mobile or uh, um, Boy Genius that said that NFC is for sure going to be uh, baked into uh, into the new iPhone uh, this coming fall. So yeah. I think that this is, th we're going to see much more of this. And, and it's good that Scotiabank, I, I love when Canadian companies are at the forefront of testing this technology. Go Canada. Go. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And, and uh, apparently this is, you know, Reading further on in the uh, in the release around this, this is just part of a bigger media play for the, for the summer. So they're actually going to be running ads on uh, on Xbox uh, uh, platform, on connected TV platforms. There's so so they're, it's not just NFC. 
um, you know, they're, they're doing this on a number of uh, platforms to promote the, uh, the program. So it's kind of cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. and we're going to, uh, obviously this is that we've talked about that, the, the ability to jump from the terrestrial real life into the digital world and making sure that there's a strong connect and, and then being able to, to measure the yeah. success of these things. And, and, and that's, that's what, this is the promise. And hopefully what we see is, is, uh, some innovative use of this kind of technology, starting with Scotiabank, go Canada. Those are the five stories, and we finish. It's great because it's Canada. We finish on the Canadian story. We got PlaceCast, we've got Groupon, and Elevate Digital. We had we talked about iOS and uh, Maps and Yelp, and what that means to a lot of other companies. We talked about Facebook, friends nearby, uh, Fiasco, Folly, whatever you want to call it, and uh, Scotiabank working with Astral Media for NFC um, on uh, bus shelter posters. Great stories, great stories. Yeah. Well, speaking of a great story, uh, this you know it all plays well into our master plan to have Holger uh, come back. And, and um, there's so many great clips. Uh, the interview did not get up last week because of Untethered Talks. It will be up this week, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. We just obviously got jammed. Um, uh, that so we couldn't put a put up a lot of content when you're running a lean shop like this and then trying to do a conference. But in this clip, Holger's talking about the difference. I asked him about find versus search and the evolution of search from a desktop onto a mobile device and how that changes the uh, changes the game when it comes to uh, discovery, uh, location-based discovery. And that's where Foursquare is clearly uh, headed towards. That's where Yelp is. So that's why we're, we're very interested with this integration, this iOS 6 integration with Yelp with iOS Maps. So here's, here's Holger talking about the difference between search, his interpretation of the difference between search and find and what that means to Foursquare. We'll be back on the flip. But that shift from traditional search to what I would consider mobile find, right? So it, it really fits in with, with what you're doing um, around, uh, around radar, and it really fits around your explore. Um, is, is that the, the trend that you're, that you're trying to hit onto? Is it, is it um, because you're taking search in a different direction, ultimately? Yeah. I don't know if it's something that we are necessarily kind of steering. I think there's generally a trend, uh, you know, among uh, internet users. First of all, there's clearly a trend from the PC and Mac to the mobile phone, right? And we're at the very forefront of this. I think I mentioned this in February. You know, unlike some of the other major social networks out there, and we're much smaller, by the way. Um, but unlike companies like Facebook and Twitter, we are 100% mobile. Right? So all our 20 million users are very likely on a smartphone and, uh, you know, or they're using it from a mobile web or so, but they're, they all have to have access to mobile and that's how it's really the only way you can use Foursquare. So that's definitely the first trend that we're seeing. And so, you know, in reality, we're kind of, uh, you know, it was just fantastic timing, uh, you know, probably by coincidence that the company was started uh, when we did and we were able to leverage all this technology that was coming you know, with these, um, uh, you know, with the emergence of smartphones. That's the first trend. The other trend that I, I, uh, I think we can leverage here is the fact that as users become more sophisticated, they learn that different websites and different apps uh, can be used for different things, right? Uh, they used to be the model back in the, in the late 90s where companies like Yahoo or AOL kind of, uh, they kind of were your one-stop shop for everything. This was like when the internet usage was still fairly low and, you know, these early adopters kind of still had to find their way around and, you know, there was also pre-search pre and so forth. So, you know, these portals were controlling basically everything and you could get 
you know, your weather from there, you could get your news from there, and you could do your searches from there. I think today, uh, you know, uh, internet users uh, and, and mobile users specifically are much more uh, intelligent and versatile, and they know that there are different uh, things for different purposes. And, you know, we want to be that place where you should go if you want to find out, you know, where to go next. It, we are here to, to kind of help you, you know, you know, figure out the world around you. That's, you know, kind of our, our mantra. And, um, you know, I don't think it's a world anymore where you have to go to one of the major search players and get, you know, it's your one-stop shop for, for all the information. You know, from my perspective, we can actually provide better information. If you, do, uh, if you go to one of the, the major um, search engines today and we would type in, you know, we would sit in the same room with like five or six people, we would all get the same results, right? But whereas if you go and do that on Explore, we all very likely based on, on our own preferences and based on the preferences of our Foursquare network, we would get very different results. And that, that's exactly the kind of personalization that I think people are expecting. And, you know, in a way we are, we are you know, uh, we're basically, we're leveraging the intelligence of the users um, that they kind of know where to go for, for, certain, for certain options and for certain purposes. What do you think? Do you think that, uh, I'm very interested in this, this is a battle brewing. Foursquare has been around for a number of years, 20 million users. I've talked to a lot of people that think that this is a company that's in decline right now, that the growth has stalled, that their, uh, the, the check-in uh, is disappearing, and uh, we, we all know that, but that they waited a little bit too long uh, to change their business model. Or do you think that this is just the beginning for them, that this discovery piece, they've got 2 billion bytes, pieces of data, 40 million locations worldwide. This isn't just a North American phenomenon. It's not limited to one platform like uh, iOS. It's everywhere. And I'm um, interested in your feedback on that and what, what Holger has to say. Uh, do you think that this is it? Or do you think that there's an opportunity for them to really carve out a great niche, start making some money when they so choose? Reach out on tether at gmail.com or asif at the lbma.com and uh, let us know your thoughts. Hey, and if you really want to do something sophisticated, you want to be on the show, send us a video clip. You can email it to me. Do, throw it up on YouTube. Email it to me at untetheredgmail.com. If you have a video response to this, I'll put it right here in this show right now. How cool is that? If you want to be on TV. There you go. All right. So we thank Holger. The interview will be up probably by the time you're watching this on Tuesday, part one, and part two will be up on Wednesday. Uh, so thanks, for Holger, for doing this. All right, M&A, funding activity, Asif. Lots of it going on, but come on, buddy. We're in the wrong game. <laughs> yeah. We are in the wrong game. Yeah. We're obviously talking about Microsoft acquiring Yammer. Now, this was a while ago. This is, I mean, a while, 10 days ago or so. But the, the, the details are emerging right now. This was a $1.2 billion acquisition. Cashola. Yeah, this is ridiculous valuations. This is you know on the level of Instagram, uh, uh, you know, and 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 I think it's I think it's worse than Instagram, uh, in fact, because you know the user base. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I don't even know what to say about this. I'm just, I'm just up in arms when I look at this, and I look at just you, you know look at look at a company like this, one point two billion dollars for Yammer, and look at where Rim is right now. Um, and you know, and, and the valuation of that company, and yet all the assets that you know, it's it just it doesn't make sense. You, you know, this whole market uh, doesn't make sense at the moment. You can't. But anything. it's funny because when you compare them, like their revenue, Yammer's revenue, twenty-three million dollars. Yeah. 
23 million dollars so if you did the multiple on 23 million dollars for basically a uh, an internal Twitter and file sharing application which is what I thought uh, you know their, their project management tool already did um, but if, if you if you think about 23 million dollars 23 million dollars in revenue and a 1.2 billion dollar valuation for Microsoft where's the strategic buy for every 23 million dollars in revenue is rim worth 1.2 billion because then then all of a sudden that's a valuable company it's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get these valuations. But anyhow, um, so, so Yammer, you know, enterprise software here, we're talking about enterprise social networking platform. Um, you know, apparently they're going to be joining the Microsoft Office division, uh, still reporting into David Sachs, who's their CEO, uh, the Yammer CEO. Um, you know, these guys, you know, they're just they just attract cash apparently i mean they they raised 85 million in february at a 600 million dollar valuation so from february to now they've gone from 600 million to 1.2 please it's hard it's hard please, it's hard please, please somebody please explain to me how these valuations are, are are being pulled off because they just make absolutely no sense anyhow um well, you yeah. know, we I used Yammer right when it came out. I used Yammer at Rove. Uh, it was our internal uh, kind of Twitter feed, right, which is a discussion yep. thing, and, and it didn't have document sharing. And and really, you know, with um, I think, you know, this this fits a, a niche, um, but it's not a great niche. And uh, we found that with with uh, with Yammer, it was just another application that we had to keep open. But if we did a private group on Twitter. Uh, we felt very, very comfortable to be able to exchange content. Now, the difference is, is that with Yammer, you can buy, I think you can buy an enterprise server that keeps all that data local so that, you know, with Twitter, it's up in the cloud, it's up on Twitter's server, and at some point they might actually, if you ever get subpoenaed, they'll open that up, right? Um, so... Yeah, I heard you can buy an enterprise server from BlackBerry, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all, all I know is that this, this kind of valuation, um, uh, first of all, good on them for taking it um, they have to do this kind of stuff, and Microsoft is now, uh, you know, they're they're protecting on all fronts right now against this social thing. Uh, but this uh, this just seems uh, ludicrous. And uh, there's a problem with their licensing model, though. I mean, I mean, like, how can you do just 23 million in revenue? According according to the stuff I'm reading, they got 200,000 customers. Yeah. They got 85 percent of the Fortune 500 uses Yammer. Well, and you're I, making 23 million bucks. I don't know what that means, uh, but I mean their pricing is not—it's not outrageous. I'm just pulling it up on the screen here. It's like, well, that's what I mean. Like it's, it, you know, it's anywhere from uh, like um, 79 dollars per group per month or five. Like this is a this is like, yeah, uh, you know what? The only the only way I can think about this is that if if Microsoft looks at this and says, look, we're missing this somewhere. Uh, if we can integrate yeah. this right into Word or into their Office, into their online version of Office, into their everything, into Outlook or whatever it might be, where it's instant communication back and forth. So it's the equivalent to, uh, you know, iOS chat or iOS, iMessenger, where it's everywhere across all platforms, including their mobile platform, desktop, whatever it is, cloud. And and then you can start to see that maybe there's a little bit of value add. But this is not an incremental revenue run for Microsoft. This is like, this is a feature of their bigger product. So they're absorbing that $1.2 billion buy. And then they're not looking to make revenue off of it. They're just looking to enhance a service. That's a that's yeah. an expensive buy. Uh, that's an expensive buy. Anyhow. All right. Moving on. $1.2 billion. And any of the founders of uh, Yammer who want to start investing, I'm hoping that they start to put, give some of that back into the community, uh, wherever they may be. All right. Second story, uh, Mobile Posse uh, closes a, a small round. Who are these guys? 
Yeah, I mean, so this is a uh, you know a news aggregated mobile uh, ad network uh, play. Um, raised five million bucks. Uh, this is the third round for them. Uh, it's led by Harvard Venture Partners and SoftBank uh, Capital, um, and there's a few others in there. So in total, they've raised almost 24 million bucks uh, you know, over the three rounds. So you know they got some capital in there. They got some uh, some pretty big customers. These guys are uh, you know they've they've done stuff with 7-Eleven, Allstate, ESPN, Ford, Walmart. You know Walmart. Um, you know big guys uh, are using this. Uh, to 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 advertise, um, yeah, and, and they so they also do a white label version of this, so kind of like PlaceCast in some respects, um, but a mobile ad network play, not a uh, you know an SMS geofencing play. So um, they've enabled uh, Metro PCS, Cricket Communications, you know, with a white label. So so they go after the carriers as well. You know, hey. Some 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 more fuel in the tank. Uh, you know they've done a great job. It seems of uh, of building a, a very solid customer base. Um, I was looking at um, the, somebody was comparing these guys to Foursquare actually. Uh, apparently they've got 15 million users wow. on a mobile network. Um, you know compared to Foursquare's 20 uh, 21 million. So. It's, it, I mean, it's a little bit different because, I mean, they're pulling up news, right? It's basically like a news yeah, aggregator, sure. weather and localized stuff. Um, and it's kind of like, I would equate this more closely to, to Flipboard, wouldn't you? Like, uh, you know, or, or Zite or, or Pulse or something like that where... Yeah, yeah more like Pulse. Yeah. I would say this is more like Pulse, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. Good good for them. Um, you know, uh, when, you, when you can tailor that kind of advertising message to, to somebody specific, as long as it's done in a very tasteful way, unlike their website... Uh, no offense, but uh, it doesn't instill confidence. But their 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 product is something called Tiles. Yeah, Moby Tiles. I just pulled it up there, and uh, it's basically a news aggregator like like Pulse. Um, and then they're at they're monetizing it through advertisement. Yeah. yeah. So they raise five million. There you go. Mobile Posse. Mobile Posse. Tough word. Tough name. No offense. Um, our last story around this a German company. That is equivalent or, or a uh, square equivalent or a square like a square competitor in German called uh, Paylevin. Uh, we're going to start to see these everywhere. Uh, I think that this is a commodity. I think this business is limited in its reach and its scope. I love Square, but I think that it has a it has a shelf life, and that's why they're getting into a whole bunch of other things. I just saw my first commercial for Square for merchants on television last night, and uh, on a U.S. channel, obviously because it's not available up here. In Canada, but um, this is a uh, this is a company that's getting into the Squarespace. Let's talk about this. Yeah, so this is this is interesting. So they've uh, there was no like formal number in terms of how much they raised, other than to say that it was double digit millions uh, of euros. So more, so at least ten million euros plus. Um, you know, so significant capital going into this. Um, you know, we've talked about iZettle uh, before on the show, uh, which is a Swedish uh, player that's in this in this payment space, similar to Square as well. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing here is is when you look at the um, the uh, the funding. So this is coming from um, a group called Rocket Internet. Uh, is part is so the incubator uh, investor. Um, and and in particular, some the guys behind Rocket Internet is uh, the the Sam Weir brothers, and uh, I don't know these guys well, but from what I've read, um, they're apparently their their whole business model is is kind of you know take U.S. companies like Groupon and Square and clone them uh, for Europe, 
um, and just create you know create these these, these copies. I love it. Um, so that's their model. That's what they do. That so it's kind of interesting. So. Yeah. Well, I use these guys, uh, which is uh, paid. Eight. Yeah, from Moneris. It's the equivalent up here in Canada. And I think that, you know, w when uh, when we start to get into this, uh, there's a small business here. I, I don't believe this is a long-term business about credit card transactions taking 3% or 2.9%. Yeah. It's competitive. It's basically a race to zero um, when it comes to transaction costs. Um, but I think that it does enable the masses. And that's, what, that's what's cool about this. It's what's cool about Pay11. And I love the concept about taking things that are working in the U.S., Square is clearly focused on United States only, and uh, yes. and you know there's a we want it up in Canada, which is why we've got paid and a couple of others, and they're not coming up to Canada right. because the market is is uh, is so big in the states that I love the fact that entrepreneurs, enterprising entrepreneurs, are are building a service. Yeah, and these, like this. you know, as you said, these things are are cropping up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, these these kinds of you know payment dongles, for lack of a better uh, term, they plug into uh, into a smartphone. Yeah. And, uh, and process a credit card or a chip card or, um, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, you know what? This was what we used at Untether Talk. So when we had uh, registered uh, guests coming up who hadn't uh, registered already, we just took, we just pulled out an iPhone, did a swipe with paid, and, it, and it's a seamless transaction. I love it. It's for people who don't like to pay with PayPal. Um, and uh, this, this really works very, very well. It only works with MasterCard and Visa, we found out, not American Express, but, um, and uh, except for uh, Pay11 actually does work with American Express. So, I like these services. I just think that there's a limited shelf life of this. Like, uh, you know, we're just going to get inundated with it. And when everybody can start taking credit cards, it's the next next that we're looking at. And that's going to be right around the corner. Yep. So uh, Pay11 from Germany raises multiple 10 million euros, some, somewhere 10 million to 100 million. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. I think if they double raised 100, they would have told us. Uh, double digit millions. Yeah. So, All right, yeah. that, that's it. So Microsoft going crazy, spending a lot of money. Um, they uh, on uh, on Yammer uh, mobile posse gets uh, five million dollars. Got to be very careful with that word. Um, German uh, Pay Eleven raises a German company called Pay Eleven raises uh, multiple ten million of uh, euros, and that is what's going on. Um, one acquisition, two fundings, and if you can hear that, I don't know if you can. But uh, they're testing, they're f doing flybys right now with the snowbirds for the uh, national capital. Uh, at noon, we have the snowbirds, which is the Canadian uh, F-18s, uh, stunt F-18s that fly over parliament buildings. And there's like, they've been testing over my house for uh, forever now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. They probably reflected something down to your solar light and kind of caused that to explode. Yeah, anyhow. It is. It's the snowbirds that did it, that burnt my porch <laughs> down this morning. Oh. Yeah. All right. So, last but not least, our resource of the week. Now, this is this is interesting. I think it's somewhat controversial. Um, where they're talking about this is a uh, this is a report done by Deloitte. Why don't you explain it? That is talking about retail, mobile retail enabling in-store commerce. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's from Deloitte, um, and the the piece is titled "Smartphones Are Helping, Not Hurting Retail Sales." Um, so relatively new study. It's, I think it's only been out for a few weeks now. Um, and basically, what they're saying is is that uh, mo the mobile influence factor is what they're calling it on retail purchases will increase to 689 billion by 2016, up from 159 billion, uh, you know, uh, currently. So that's you know going to 19% uh, of total sales. Uh, they're saying is being driven by mobile. How do they? How do they know that? 
Uh, who How knows? They judge this? I don't know where they get they make up this stuff, but they're saying it's going to go from five percent today to basically twenty percent uh, by twenty sixteen. Uh, you know, via mobile, in store sales via mobile. So uh, you know what I, I um, <laughs> it's like it's a it's a great trajectory. I'm, I'm reading uh, I'm reading this wonderful book, and of course now I don't have it on me because in the world of digital, um, I don't actually read books. I listen to them on Audible.com. And if you're inter- with you. if you're interested in it's called Flash Foresight. Just put it up on my screen there. Flash Foresight. And uh, there's a great example in it about they talk about if if you took the uh, trajectory of Elvis impersonators uh, back when Elvis Presley died in 1977, uh, the number of Elvis impersonators that were at the accelerated rate they were actually coming out into the market, then one in three uh, North Americans would be an Elvis impersonator by now. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen, right? So it's a blip in time. And I think that if the world continues in the retail space as it is right now, in this little con- context that we're in right now, uh, maybe mobile enables it. But the thing is that retail is going through such an upheaval, a transition, that retail today isn't going to look like this in in, uh, in a year from now or two years yeah. from now. It is going to yeah. be totally different experience, right? There's unlimited inventory. Retail, I mean, uh, Doug Stevens talked about this at Untethered Talks. Uh, where he talked about, you know, the destination is you. It is no longer about going into a store. It's about enabling a customer yeah. to buy wherever they are. So how does that factor into this? If, if it's just, if it's taken out, taken in context to where we, what we know today and what we're doing today, sure, right? Influence is up the wazoo, but but yeah. it's not going to look the same. But, but what is a store yeah. is the question, right? You know, what is a store, right? And, uh, and and I think that's, you know, you know to Doug's point, to, you know, to what you're saying, yeah, I, I don't know that you can, you can look at this data and, and predict it that way. I think you have to. You don't know where people are going to buy. You don't know where a store is going to be. You know, it's augmented reality in the, in the air. You know, physical bricks and mortar. Pop up stores. Online, yep. You know, yeah. So anyhow, it, it's it's a it's an odd thing, and, and I think that, that what this does is it fills the uh, it fills the retailers with a sense of uh, of calmness. Where what you should be looking at are ways to service your customer wherever they may be and hold on to your existing customers. Don't worry about trying to convert them in store. Worry about getting them into store or getting them to buy product. Right? Uh, don't yeah. you know the focus on in store? It's important, but that store changes. It's going to change. I bet you people who walk into an Apple store have a higher percentage or a higher propensity to buy than when you walk into a Sears. Right? Sure. And I think that that's just something because it's a destination. You know why you're going there. And and one of the stats that was in here that said that um, what is it that uh, I, I don't know what the what the sample rate of this uh, the sample of this was, but they're talking about how um, how this will uh, you know thirty seven percent of the people in there carrying smartphones and I think that that's part of the accelerant um, that w- they're yeah. not taking into consideration when when most people have the ability to do this, uh, but it's it's a weird 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 kind of don't be complacent retailers that's what I'm saying don't be complacent. Uh, by this report. Don't sit there and pat yourself on the back and say, hey, we're fine. We're going to be growing because this is a blip in time. A year from now, retail won't look like it does today. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Episode number 84. Man, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. No fires during the episode. Maybe just a little bit of a few angry people. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah. Listen, uh, we want to hear back from you. We've had some great feedback around uh, our episodes. We love hearing feedback from you guys. Reach out at untetheredgmail.com or asif at thelbma.com. Follow up Asif on Twitter at asifrcon or 
the LBMA. You can follow me at Rob Woodbridge or Untether, uh, and that's a shared account. So it's myself and Douglas Soltis who are uh, contributing to that uh, that account. But reach out any way, shape, or form. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, how are we doing? We, you know, we um, we have an inferiority complex, don't we? You see, if we want, we want to know. When we don't hear, <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, no, we want feedback. Bring it, bring it all on. Good and bad. Yeah, and I got to remember remind you that you can subscribe to us um, on uh, iTunes <clears throat> or just via uh, you know an RSS feed. But go to iTunes and look up this week in location based marketing. We are right there. Um, we'd appreciate it. There's an audio and a video stream, and get it right into your uh, onto your device right away um, as as soon as it becomes available. And uh, the other thing is that uh, we would love to start showcasing some great companies on this. So we've got our interview section, we've got our M and A and our, our our funding section. But if you really want to reach our audience, which is growing uh, leaps and bounds every week, every time we push out an episode, we'd love to have you guys on. Somebody, some of you guys on as as sponsors. We don't take everyone. Uh, it's got to be a good fit for our audience, and we're going to be starting up with a, a new sponsor next week. But uh, we are welcome. We welcome your um, if you're interested in sponsoring. We'd uh, reach out at untether at gmail.com or receive at the LBMA. How's that Excellent. for? Uh, that's kind of begging without begging. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Passive begging. All right, that's it. So we will see you Thanks, next time next week for episode number 85. No excitement, no fire, no uh, Canada Day. Asif, you're going to be in the country. I'm still in the country. Three weeks. Well, no, I'm not actually. I'm uh, sorry. I, I thought it was. Uh, I'm gone just for a quick one. I'm off to Dallas for uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. All right, man. Good lord. So that's it. So you're you're in you're in the country uh, for five days of the week this week, which is a miracle. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time for episode number eighty-five of this week in location-based marketing. Thank you so much for watching this one. See you, Safe travels this week. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks.